Hey, you have your uh, Bibles. Let's go into God's Word today. And uh, this has been quite, a, quite an interesting year. Uh, if you remember, we started off in January this year, 2020, with a, a message series called Surprised. And we started at Acts chapter 1, and we were working through the book of Acts. We uh, went through the, the, the series Surprised for several weeks. And then we transitioned into a series called Momentum. I'll let that sink in for a moment. And right in the middle of the series, Momentum, something happened. And on the one hand, we would say, wow, we really lost momentum, didn't we? And on the one hand, we did. But on the other hand, the church of Jesus Christ always survives. Because he's ordained it, and it cannot die, it will not die. It, like everything else, goes through ups and downs and sideways and, and all that, but God is faithful. And so in the, in the long run, we haven't lost momentum. I think we've actually gained a little bit more. And when we go through trials and difficulties, that's exactly what happens. We are tested, and we come out on the other side with a, a greater level of tenacity, a greater faithfulness, a greater knowledge and understanding, submissiveness to God. And that's what we want to talk about today. So you're in the, you've got your Bibles. Let's go to the book of uh, James. And that's uh, way in the back there, past uh, Hebrews. In the book of James, we've got to look at the book of James when we talk about going through some stuff. And so today's message is called The Takeaway. You ready for The Takeaway? In other words, whenever you go to a meeting in which you're instructed at your at your uh, through your boss or where you work there's always a takeaway at the end right they want you to take something away and go do whatever the instructions are and so god says i want you to have a takeaway when you go through some stuff and you go through highs and lows when you go through difficulties in your marriage raising children financially in your business your career your relationships when you go through those ups and downs and it's it's a trial it's a difficulty God says it's always for a reason there's a takeaway it's been 77 days since we met, last met in this room it was supposed to be two weeks <laughs> 77 days 11 weeks Wow but we've grown because we've been able to reach more people even through Facebook and through our website than we were reaching before. And so the kingdom of God has grown, and that's what it's all about. It's about the kingdom of God, not our kingdom, the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. So, but let's take a look at the takeaway from what we've been through. Let's find out, let's really identify, not so much what we've been through, but what's the takeaway? What are the benefits of what we've been through? You're in James chapter 1. Let's start reading in verse number 1. James, who is a half-brother of Jesus, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Let's stop right there. He's writing this epistle, this letter, to the twelve tribes scattered. Like the book of Ephesians is written to... The church at Ephesus, Philippi, on and on. When a book has a particular name to it, it's to that person or to the church in that city. 
Now, that doesn't mean that it was only to those Christians because those letters were even scattered and, and moved around to other churches as well. But James is making this really clear. He's saying, I'm not writing to a specific church because of the issues that they're dealing with. I'm writing to the whole gamut because this is good truth that everybody needs to get. So you ready for some good truth? All right, so let's keep reading. Verse number two. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he can ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So he's saying, okay, you're going to go through some trials. We've been through a trial. We've been through some difficulties. But there's a reason for it. There's a purpose. There's a takeaway. And so that takeaway, he says, starts off with patience or perseverance or resilience. God is wanting to build resilience in us. A patience that supersedes everything else that we're dealing with right now because we recognize this is just a season. It's just a moment. How many times have we seen people give up in a momentary problem and they didn't follow it through and get the benefit of faithfulness, of persistence, of resilience? Possibly we've done that. But not this time, right? Because we're more mature now. And so patience has its perfect work. He says, I want you to be mature and complete. I want you to go through some stuff so you can mature and become complete. Okay, how old are you? Don't tell me out loud, but how old are you? Okay, so this is 2020 and you are the age that you are. Now we're going to skip forward to 2025. Five years from now, how old will you be? Pretty easy math, right? You have children. How old are they? Five years from now, how old will they be? The question is this. In five years from today, do you want your children to be at the same maturity level that they are right now? If you have a 15-year-old, they're just starting to drive. They're nervous. They're like, okay, when they're 20, do you want them to be going? You want them, you know? They're 15. They act like they're 15. That's a good thing. But when they're 20, you don't want them to act like they're 15. So he says, I want you to have some experiences. Change your perspective. I'm going to take you through some stuff so that five years from now, you'll be more mature and more complete than you are right now. So God takes us through some things. And that's the reason. He says, I want, you, I want to develop a resilience in you. When you were young, you thought young. You, when you were a child, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child. He says, that's the way it was, but I'm building resilience in you so that you can make it through some stuff. You can make it through some stuff even though society is telling you something that's not true. You can make it through some stuff even though people are telling you something that's not true. You can look through it and say, wait a minute, I do know what is true. I have God's word. So I know what is true. When some people come along and say, well, the day of miracles is over. You say, well, I haven't read that anywhere in God's word. 
Well, the day of the church is over. The church is dead. The church, the church age is over. I, no, we're still in the church age. We're still in that dispensation. Healing, that's a thing of the past. No, it still heals today. Amen. Still heals. It's God's word. So you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, but I have a foundation on which I build my life, and I have a resilience to continue believing even in the face of those who would be in opposition. I'm going to be resilient. In Webster's, the word resilient means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. But I would say the, the Bible definition would be the capacity to remain faithful while in difficulty. Booker T. Washington said, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles overcome while trying to succeed. We overcome obstacles because of resilience. What are you doing right now to raise the level of resilience in your children? Those of you who have kids at home, what are you doing to raise the level of resilience in your children? If you solve their problems for them, they will not develop resilience. If you do everything for them, they have no need for resilience. They have no need to persevere. Because mama's going to do it, daddy's going to do it, somebody's going to do it. I don't need to do it. I get to play video games all day. And by the way, that's not building resilience. I just thought I'd throw that out there as free of charge. We overcome obstacles. Booker T. Washington knew about that. In light of what is happening right now in our country, 99.9% of police officers are amazing. But what has happened cannot be denied. What has happened, we cannot look away from it. We cannot say, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, that was, you know, what happened, happened. It's a tragedy. An absolute tragedy. And some are responding to it poorly by vandalizing. Others are responding to it poorly by sticking their head in the sand. That's not the biblical response. That's not the biblical response. The biblical response is that you rejoice with those who rejoice and you weep with those who weep. The biblical response is to say, if I know to do good and I don't do it, I am sinning. That's the biblical response. The biblical response is build relationship. Build relationships. That's why the church is so important. Because we build relationships. If you're like me, didn't you just feel kind of, um, I say lost, you know what I mean, lost because of the last several weeks we just didn't have that interaction. I don't know about you, but every Sunday kind of sets my week, right? You know, it's like it, re it just recalculates my whole week. And then it was like, what day is it today? <laughs> Y'all experienced that too? Yeah. The body of Christ is, is that moment when we reset now, we have proven that we are able to survive without meeting every seven days. We, we, we prove that. But aren't you glad we get to meet? Aren't you glad we get to be together? And the body of Christ bring, coming together as the body 
That's where we build the relationships that let us know what unites us is stronger than what divides us. The color of your skin has nothing to do with my relationship with you because we're a part of the body of Christ. And even those who are not Christians, we still have relationship because who really cares about the color of a person's skin? What's the big deal? We come from different cultures, different backgrounds. Love wins the day. But love that doesn't go anywhere is not love at all. Love that doesn't move forward isn't love. Love that doesn't do something isn't love. It's just talk. And talk is cheap. Go to Facebook. You'll see a lot of cheap talk. So we've got to press forward. Resilience. What is, what is the, probably the number one obstacle to resilience? It is an entitlement mentality. I'm entitled. It's, 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 it's supposed to be about me. My mom and dad, my grandparents, my brothers and sisters, the whole world, the universe, the teachers, everything. They just made it all about me for 18 years, and now you want me to do this adulting thing? I don't even know how to do that. It's all about me. I have a dream, therefore it should just happen. I want, therefore I should just have. It's an entitlement mentality. An entitlement mentality says it's all about me. The church reminds us it's all about we. It's all about we. And that's what the church does. Now we're going to deviate from the rest of the message that I had planned. And I want you to turn, please, to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. So I don't think there's going to be any slides that will match what I'm going to say. So we'll just go for this, right? Ephesians 4. And in just a few moments, we're going to enjoy communion together. Those who are watching uh, by Facebook, you can go ahead and get some communion elements together. You might not have the, the juice and the wafer, but get some crackers, get some juice, a Pepsi. Um, get something, because we're going to enjoy communion, and we'd love for you to enjoy that with us. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 gives us a beautiful picture of the body of Christ, the church. Okay, let's start reading it in verse number 11. Ephesians 4 and verse number 11. He starts off, let's walk through this. He starts off, he says, So Christ himself gave. Now, right there, that's important. Because what Paul is writing here, he's saying, this is something that Jesus has instituted. This is not some church committee meeting. This, this is not something, some, some decision that was made by a group of people in, in a Sunday school room of a church, and they said, you know, I think this would be a really great idea. Now, God can work through committees meeting in a Sunday school room, right? Okay, we'll, we'll teach on that next week. God works through people. So I'm, God works through people. But, but, but Paul is writing this. He says, this is something Jesus has set up. And that's very important. So he says, and Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. We call that the five-fold ministry. He gave all of these offices 
And this is not just in the first century church. This is for ongoing through the, throughout the entire church age until Christ comes back again. He's saying there will be these offices of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And God fills them with men and women throughout all ages. And he says they have a purpose and a reason. He does not fill those positions with perfect people, just with people. And I'm glad. But what's the reason? Verse 12 says, to equip his people for works of service. He says there's an equipping process. There's a time of teaching and training. There's a time to release. There's a time of, hey, on-the-job training. There's a time where we just go, you know what? I've gone to the 16-week course on how to teach a Sunday school class. Now I need to start teaching. I've gone to a class on life group leadership. Now I need to start leading a life group. There's on-the-job training. There's the equipping of the saints for what? For works of ministry. The body of Christ is about equipping, being equipped, and doing the work of ministry. You know, it was a great revelation, I think, when it comes to all of us at some point in time when we realize that you can only grow so far without serving. There's a, there's a limit to how far you can grow without serving because up to that point it's just knowledge I'm so thankful Hope Crossings is a serving church you know I'm so thankful that uh, no matter what's going on people are just kind of looking for ways to serve whether it's in life groups or whether it's a Friday night parking lot pizza party how many of you want to have another Friday night parking lot pizza party I'm up for that amen just looking for ways to serve what can I do how, how can I how can I make this happen so he says it's for works of service. Now look, so that the body of Christ may be built up. How many of you like to be built up? Well, you didn't say it like you meant it. All right. All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you like to be torn down? Right. So how many of you like to be built up? Okay. So we like to be built up, and being equipped for works of service causes the whole body to be built up. So when we serve one another, we're building one another up. When, when, when we oppress people, we're not building them up. But when we're serving them, we're building them up. And verse 13 says, until we all. In other words, we're going to keep doing this until. Until. We just keep serving. We keep growing. We keep moving forward as the body of Christ knit and joined together. We just keep doing it until all. Not until I mature. Not until I get it all together. We're going to keep serving and keep loving and keep growing until we all get it together. Until we all grow into maturity. So if somebody in the body of Christ is not yet to that level of maturity, guess what? It's everybody else's job to help them get there. Am I losing you on this? Okay. So until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become, there's that word, mature, there it is again, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal. That's the goal.